Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of Totally Casual Motherhood. All right, (laughs) just cams coming back to you over the mic. I wanted to intro this episode a little bit just to give you um, a bit more of an introduction to why I wanted to have this particular guest on and kind of what we talked about. First of all, I want to ask you to have a little patience with me because I'm still learning through this process. <laughs> and I kind of really like that. I like that it hasn't been perfect from the get-go. You know, I don't have an assistant. I didn't quite know how to work the mics. So in this episode, you will hear that the sound is not the best. It's not at 100% yet. Um, I'm still figuring things out as I go. I actually even realized that my you know, professional mic wasn't even on, you know, for half of this episode. So my apologies, hang in there. This one is worth listening to. So I just encourage you to turn your volume all the way up because you'll hear me clearly now, but once the um, podcast episode starts, it gets a lot lower, Um, but it's worth the listen. Uh, This time around, I sit down with January Donovan. She's a self-worth strategist. How cool is that? That's not something that I have heard very often, but I've known her for a long time and I love what she's doing because I definitely think there's a void um, in this space for women. Um, We don't have the skills that we need to um, understand our self-worth, to know how to use um, our skills, um, you know, for the betterment of ourselves and for those around us. I think there's a lot of self-doubt um, for women and, I mean, in women, and that can make some things tough, you know, in life if we don't have the ability or do not understand how to, you know, love ourselves and then use that self-love to propel us forward in a healthy way. So this is why I wanted to have January on because I'm just so intrigued by this topic and I love everything she has to say. So I hope you stick around and listen. If you can't listen to the entire thing in one, I get it, but definitely keep coming back to it and listen to it because she's got a wealth of knowledge on this topic. And yeah, here we go. January. How are you? I am so great. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, The listeners do not know, but I actually met you eight plus years ago. I used to work for a chiropractor right out of college. And I remember the day you came in and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know this woman because you just came in and you just seemed so (laughs) joyful. And you had this like beautiful outfit on, like bright and cheerful, and you were so kind to me. And I think you were also pregnant at the time. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was so cool. And since then, I've been um, following you on Facebook um, and just noticing how you've developed um, in sharing to women. Yeah, your 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 main message has pretty much been consistently the same. About it's all about self worth. And developing a confidence in yourself as a woman. Um, and I'm going to obviously let you speak more on this, but just in following your journey um, on Facebook and the quotes that you've put up, and I have just, I've been so drawn to it. And I know that there are going to be so many listeners out there that I think are really going to benefit from you and from what you have to say. And I'm just really excited to dig in more in that. But yeah, so. Tell us, maybe tell us a bit more about yourself, where you mm-hmm. came from, who you are, 
Yeah. So my journey has been that I have trained women for almost 20 years on really uh, developing and discovering their software. Uh, I did it because I believed in it. I did it because I was that woman who did not understand her own worth, therefore hustled for it. Um, and it, my work has sort of been a fruit of my own wound and has further greater conviction because I've worked with so many women that have been so wounded. And it really led me to um, understanding why are women in the position where they're compromising their dreams, their worth, their value, and who they are. And I realized two things. Um, there's a chasm between where we are in our story, which is looks a lot like stress, anxiety, chaos. I mean, motherhood is almost synonymous with stress, chaos, and anxiety, which is really a tragedy. And our day seems to be a day of hustle. And also really realizing what do everyone want? I think we all have a universal want. And, um, you know, that question sort of permeated my soul. What is it that we want and why aren't we getting it? Right, right. You no, know, because I think we all can agree that we all have the same desire of we want peace of mind. You want freedom. We want to know we are valuable, especially yeah. to the people that are of value to us. Um, we want to know that we have optimal health, psychologically, mentally, spiritually. I, I don't think there's any woman out there who says, uh, no, I don't want to be mentally, physically, emotionally healthy. No, everyone wants that. So this question has led me to say, you know, well, this is what we all universally want. Where we are in our story is that we're sort of suffering unnecessarily a life of anxiety and stress. I mean, stress right now is the biggest cause of any disease. 70% of Americans are stressed. Um, $2.7 billion of antidepressant drug every year that we're pummeling in the United States alone. Yeah. Um, loneliness is now a international crisis. They actually proclaimed that 18% of people in America, and it fluctuates all the time depending on, you know, what year, what research, is um, diagnosed anxiety. And that's only the diagnosed. And so we are in a pretty alarming state of um, where women are, I would say, in a cage in their own mind. Mm. And we're suffering and all these false idea of go for your dreams, you know, live your life to the max and you're beautiful and. But nothing to go on, right? But how? Right, right. Which really led me to the work I'm doing is that there's no how to be a woman. I mean, think about it. Every surgeon has to go through decade, almost a decade of schooling from pre-med all the way to post-med, uh, lawyers, every industry, athletes. The training is massive. The guide is massive. And when you think about picking the right person for you, I mean, where is the training except for social media and TV? Right, right. And maybe your friends were suffering the same story. Mm. Or motherhood. 
And I did a class, I did a training class on how to be a, you know, how to transition to motherhood because you've got this beautiful women who want to be able to offer this beautiful life and have a beautiful married life and be a great mom. And then all of a sudden they wake up and they realize what, like, how do I go with my emotion, my hormones and wait, you know, I'm a mess. I'm worried. And I'm supposed to take care of this baby. It's like, it's almost like a woman learning how to swim while holding a baby and drowning. That's what mother looks like right now and so that's why motherhood looks a lot like stress chaos that's what's being advertised i mean I just look happy mother's day motherhood is messy and i refuse to believe that motherhood is messy i think anything is hard and messy when we do not understand or we do not have the how to yes yes and so the biggest crisis so that crisis has led me to really study what are the tools we're giving women today to maximize their day, their worth, and to use their dreams as fuel to discipline their life? Um, which really led me to neuroscience. I've uh, really deep need, need deep in studying the brain because the biggest cause of stress is not understanding our thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and it's killing families, it's killing women, it's killing dreams, it's killing relationships. And so um, what I realize, Camille, is that when women don't understand their worth, you can't dream, you can't hold your man accountable, you can't command respect, you don't even understand self-care. Right. And so we're suffering, but there's like nowhere to go. Yeah, so no you is train women on the how to be a woman and that's amazing i think that it's just so powerful to me and that's what i've been noticing in what you've been putting out there on social media etc and um at first i was just so intrigued by the whole idea and then in talking to you more and seeing more of what you've been putting out there it's really drawn me in because it's it's a relatively simple i mean it should be just a fact like you you need to understand your self-worth and understand yourself at the deepest at the core yeah before you're able to make you know those big decisions as, as far as like marriage and parenthood or, or or starting a business or i mean even friendships i think i have successful friendships and i i just in my work on social media and through blogging, it's just something that I have observed as well. And and I'm not saying this even on the outside, but even in myself as well. Um, like a deep struggle with trying to kind of catch up in a way <laughs> to like who I am, like who am I, who am I? Because if I don't have that starting point, then where am I going? Yeah. Um, and I think that it just resonates with me a lot because in my own story, um, I grew up with really kind of an anxious child and I remember it sort of but as I've grown I've I've realized more and more you know how anxious I was I mean I was even um I realized when I was older that I was having panic attacks at like the age of 12 13 yeah. and and I didn't know what was wrong I didn't know what was going on it was all <laughs> you know a, it, it, you know the mind body connection and it was presenting itself in that way, even as a child. Um, and so I thought about it more and more as I've matured. But I mean, let me tell you, like, when you don't necessarily understand where you're coming from or who you are, and you're kind of making decisions sort of 
in an anxious or even a fearful mode, that's that can be a recipe. I think a recipe for disaster. And I mean, I've I've lived it somewhat through um, getting married, and and luckily, you know, I've been so blessed so that I have a wonderful husband. But like that, even with having a wonderful person in my life, I almost wasn't even able to see it. And then also, I mean, marriage is tough. Um, so going through that and then feeling like I didn't know myself and like being kind of filled with anxiety on a regular basis, it was very hard to navigate yeah. through that um, and be happy, you know, with where I was and who I was. And then, I mean, and then you throw a, you know, a baby in there and then it's like you're thrown <laughs> off again. <laughs> so I guess my point is, is that I really want to I, I'm really hoping that we can speak to, and I know there are so many people out there, um, because everybody has a past. Everybody has come from somewhere that was not perfect, because, I mean, this is life. But I, I love that what you're saying is, is yes, that may be the truth, but, I mean, here, here really is, there is a solution, like, for this struggle, I think, that so many women face. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, Thank you for your vulnerability, because I think that's a hard thing to admit. Um, secondly, one of the things that I do with training thousands of women is that I have to give women the permission to know that you're suffering because you've never been given the tools. And it really opens a path of permission and forgiveness, because one of the biggest things that women suffer with is guilt and shame. It's like they're supposed to know how to be a mother without training. I mean, it's almost like... like expecting somebody to write a paper without ever teaching them ABC. Yeah. yeah. That's what motherhood looks a lot like right now. Mm -hmm. Not are you expected to write a paper or you're expected to write a paper that's A because your worth is by the way on the line. Because if you don't get A, then you um, are not perfect, but yet nobody ever taught you the basics of ABC. Right. It's really that simple. I mean, you know, the training that I do with women, I say, you time yourself cleaning the island. That's the same thing you do when you train women in the boardroom. It's no different. Mm. And so um, just to go back to what you're saying, anxiety is one of the most contagious affect, which is the most contagious emotion. And I do believe that our mothers are, you know, they, they didn't get the training. And it was sort of the world shifted when they parented us, such as the internet. And so there has to be a level of deep awareness of that. The context of our story looks a lot different than the context of our mother's dead. And so anxiety kind of happened because there's almost this overstimulation of everything going on without us having the tools to process it. Mm -hmm. And so your everyday woman right now is overstimulated and backlogged because there's no processing tools. When I say processing tools, one of the biggest cause of ulcer of stress is indecision or in action. I actually show how the brain scan works without action or decision and how there's no electromagnetic energy. And a woman who takes action and makes decision and learns something new and wires something new and there's electromagnetic energy from a biochemical level, hmm. your body is actually more lethargic and less mobile when you're not wiring and learning new ideas and learning how to make a decision. Now, where do we learn how to make a decision, Camille? It's not first grade. Now there is it on sixth grade. Not, it's not in high school. 
the fact of the matter is that you actually have the decision is made for you in a typical um, school traditional environment, which is I, when I talk about my, you know, my work with self worth, one of the biggest culprit of self worth crisis is our education system because you are your grade. No, I'm not my grade. I am more than my grade. Right. But that's being wired in our brains. So neurologically, our brain is divided into two different, you know, kind of segments. One is the conscious mind and one is the subconscious mind. The problem is that we operate 95% of our current story behaviors action comes from the 95% of our brain. Right. Which means that anxiety is probably was probably wired into 95% of our brain. The way I tell women is that when you first learn how to drive, you had to think about, you know, turning more left, moving. Now you can drive while singing, feeding a child. Dancing. Right, right. <laughs> what used to be something you consciously thought about now is in your subconscious level. That's the same thing of worry. That's the same thing. Yeah. With, that's the same thing with guilt, which mm-hmm. means your body knows it better than your mind. Almost your, like it's a habit, like a trained habit. It's a thought habit. That's mm-hmm. what I call it. And so there's collateral damage. Mm. a lot like time our marriage and our children when we don't have the right tools yeah that all makes so much sense (laughs) and i tell women i said we're kind of taught to build a beautiful house with just a hammer yeah (laughs) i totally that totally makes sense to me (laughs) where i've come from yeah not you it's all of us yeah yeah oh i teach what i teach i train what i teach because i'm a fruit of my own work and Mm -hmm. And I think there is an unnecessary suffering right now with women that's almost happening behind the veil of shame and guilt. And it looks a lot like anxiety and depression. Yeah. You know, one of the trainings that I do with women is that from a neurological level, words become flesh. Mm. And what I mean by that is the words that you communicate actually has an electromagnetic energy that, that actually creates an emotion in your brain. Is an action and a behavior that produces more thoughts. It's actually this loop, but it's a chemical loop. Uh-huh. And I see. we're never trained on the words we use. So, so many of us, we're just, you know, I'm so stressed. I'm just, you know, motherhood is hard. And I, I train my children. I have an 11 year old. I have, I'm about, I'm pregnant with number seven. Yeah. And congrats. So Amazing. My oldest is 11, but in my house, there's words that are illegal. Yeah. And you know, hard is illegal. Mm. Wow. Impossible is illegal. Stress is illegal. Anxiety is illegal. Wow. Flesh. And what happens when you say it over and over again, it's, it becomes a wiring. Like our brains are made up of a hundred billion neurons. Every time you repeat it, it's a wiring. It becomes a hard wire, which means then your life is not determined by those hard wirings. It's kind of like driving. Can you unlearn to drive? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so, such a good point. <laughs> that we have this concept in our science called neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. Neuroplasticity is that you can't till the day you die wire new genes. So if I don't use my arm, it's going to go in atrophy. Mm-hmm. If I don't use the word stress or anxiety, if I don't use that gene, it actually goes in atrophy and I replace it. Ah, yes. And so there's so, so what I'm saying is that that's one tool is using words. They have this um, study by a Japanese scientist, Dr. Masaro, that they put words right next to different waters. He's a scientist and 
he put words such as gratitude next to words as I will kill you. And the mm. crystals that formed in the water was so um, statically different. One formed as beautiful crystals and um, snowflakes. The other one was just this jaggedy edge. And what he did was he put like different music. Um, they had Mozart and compared to heavy metal. They had the word um, kindness as opposed to, you know, stress. And they saw the water uh, composition change by chemical. Oh my gosh. And so we're made up of 60% water. And the idea of the experiment is that what words are you choosing that's yeah. signaling and changing your biochemistry? It's that powerful, Camille. That's astounding. It is. And, and what, what I tell women, I say, you have no time to waste to get a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little of this. Right. Because you've got children to train and wire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I, we have to be the generation that stops the cycle. And everything starts in your thoughts. Yeah. So anxiety is one of those things that are the easiest to fix because it's all it is. You, you know, you're, you're retraining your thought and you're rewiring your brain, but you need to know how to do it. Yes. Our self-worth, what's being wired into our brain, and it's just cultural. It's like, in order to feel worthy, I need to prove myself. I need to perfect myself. I need to please and I need to produce. And that becomes what makes me worthy, right? My money, right? how I look, you know, everything. And when I tell women, I said, fashion is a force with purpose. The yeah. fashion self without the end in mind is stressful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which lowers your immune system. Every negative thoughts, it's science, lowers your immune system. So this is yeah. what others your greatest gift is to learn how to rewire your mind and train yourself in how to be one because that becomes your greatest gift you yeah. can give children because i will tell you i've got children who have worth crisis at six and seven years old wow yeah yeah i mean I, I, that's the thing i see that also in my daughter already and i've already tried to train her in the way that i know how and i mean essentially in how i trained myself which I'm really hoping, <laughs> I'm really hoping that since I'm getting her now at this age to learn to retrain kind of the negative self-doubting thoughts, same along the lines when your family, you're not allowed to say, you know, I can't do this or this is too hard. Mm -hmm. I always make sure to kind of react to that pretty immediately and say, well, no, it's, it's not too hard. I mean, everything is too hard until you do it, until you try it. Yeah. And I, I always give her, she, her like mantra for every day is on the way to school. I'm like, now say I can do it. And cause she's a very anxious child. Um, which unfortunately I think I've passed down to her, but you know, we're working on that, but she, she will stay there and she'll kind of grit her teeth and say, I can do it. And I'm like, no, no say I can do it like and so then she'll say it and I can immediately almost see how her physical the way that she's holding herself or even her smile it changes and to me that's so powerful but and I feel a little bit sad for my myself as a child because I feel that I have had to learn this myself like I really understood what you were saying when you said through your own experience you had to hustle for your worth which that, that was what I had to do. Like I really had to hustle and I had to work my way there, like crawling like, <laughs> through the dark, like excruciating at times. But I mean, I've come a long way and just hoping that 
it's also being passed on to, you know, you know, my children so that they can maybe have a different experience, like you said, so that their brain will literally be wired to not have those, those negative thoughts, which then yeah. will really not put them in the right direction. So I just find it so fascinating. Yeah, um, well, right thing. And I think that, um, you know, she'll be, it'll be a great gift for her to already be equipped with that. And what you're really giving her a script, which is really what the bulk of what I do is that we get ourselves in trouble because we don't know how to talk to ourselves or talk to other people. So scripting is so powerful. It's actually mm. really brain. We wrote a whole entire book, um, which became a bestseller on scripting alone. And it's a children's um, script book because children don't know how to talk to themselves and therefore they get themselves into a negative pat pattern. Yeah. Individual. And so, but this really yeah. the thing for mothers and women. I mean, nobody taught us, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the things and I with, you know, with my own child is because I train women. I said, listen, if your daughter is going to uh, the grocery store with you and she sees a woman that's thin in the magazine and looks one dimensional at four years old and then she learns to read at seven, and imagine if every week she sees that same magazine, mm -hmm. same and then she reads beautiful next to it. And you've never had a conversation on what makes a woman beautiful, what's getting wide enough before she's even eight, nine years old is already an image of what a beautiful woman is. So then yeah. I have these women that are like, why doesn't my daughter believe she's beautiful? She's 12. I've, you know, I've always told her she was beautiful. I said, it wasn't you. Mm -hmm. you are wired in her brain from all the external commercials. Right. And so our work as mothers to even wire what a beautiful woman looks like is 10 times more than what our mothers did before because now they have the internet now there's exactly and so by sheer exposure there's a neurological wiring that's being defined of what a beautiful woman is yeah and her yeah. self-worth at four years old is already on the line yeah no it's, it's crazy it, it is it's crazy yeah. and, I, and i said our worth is revealed yeah. The people around us and the environment. Yeah. You, know, you don't know love unless somebody actually shows with you what love is. It's the same thing with our self-worth. We don't know our value. We're just born and, you know, we don't know what our worth is. It Somebody has to, to show us. Yeah. And so the work of a mother is really powerful. And I tell women, it goes back to the question, you know, where it's really not what we say to them. And this is painful coming out because I've, you know, working with thousands of women. It's not what you tell them, it's how you show up. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the greatest gift, I always tell women, is the gift of your wound. Because uh, now- I love that, I love that. A wound becomes the compass. And our wound becomes what convicts us to change our stories yes because without that wound I think that our conviction is far great far less and my wound brought me to the war my wound gave me the extra discipline and necessary habits I needed to unlearn and rewire so that I don't give it yeah and you know that's what I always invite women is that we never arrive. We only evolve. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm still working on my worth. I'm oh, still, yeah. 
I have seven kids. I'm about to have seven kids. And I study an hour and a half every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I should be doing too. No, I, I'm with you though. It's a constant, it's a, a constant, constant movement and evolution, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. I mean, I, I love this whole idea of facing those struggles that you have in your mind, like negative thoughts and all of that and being able to rewire them because there's always going to be struggles in life that you're faced with. Um, I mean, we all, we all can suffer with, you know, self-consciousness or doubt, fear. I mean, I know that I have, um, but to just know that you have that, like, no, wait, I actually have the control to change this and move it in the direction that I want it to go and not sit in fear. And I, I don't know. That's, that's like giving a lot of hope. I think Oh, it's so much. a lot of people who feel stuck or we're stuck because we have no tools. You know, like I tell you, fear is an underdeveloped muscle. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. To live a life of fear is to live a life where your gifts, your dreams are in constant bondage. Yeah. And so we don't have a choice but to give ourselves tools. And, and, and so I feel like there's so much hope. I, I think that's what really led me to neuroscience is because I can prove to women mm-hmm. how us to change and rewire our brains. We just need to do the work, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah. also the right strategy. You know, like I, I tell my kids, I'm like, you could open that can with a knife and try to cut it or you could pick the right strategy and get the right leverage. Like leverage is a word we use in our home. Hmm. What's the best leverage, you know? And so, well, you get a can opener that actually, you know, and what would take mm-hmm. you an hour could now take you five minutes. That's a skill set, you know? And mm. what is it? those are trainings that we never received. You know, like in my house, I say, you have 10 seconds to make a decision. Otherwise, I make it for you. Oh. The way the world works. And uh-huh. So many women suffer with indecision. And, you know, I do a training program for women that's six months and it's deep, it's practical, it's neurological, it's psychological. Mm -hmm. And sometimes women are like, well, I don't know. I don't, I'm not so sure. I'm like, you've just cost yourself time. Yes. And, you know, whether you take this training, take a training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, well, I'm a mother of seven. You have no excuse. (laughs) (laughs) For women and and I'm running a Higher, you know, we're building a whole um, strategist and empire and business. And so I'm like, there's no excuses. It's yeah. the only result. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard if you don't have the right tools and skills. But yeah. with the right tools and skills, you know, like I think of like golfers. I'm like, that just sounds like, how do you put that ball in hole? My husband's a golfer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you don't have the skills, so you can't see it. It's yeah. the same with motherhood. It's the same thing with building a business. And, you know, and you and I touched about this. It goes back into, I always ask women, what comes first, dreaming or discipline? Mm. And I always tell women, you have to start with the dream. Yeah, okay, dream. good. That's what I was thinking in my oh. head. So <laughs> I was right. It was a discipline, but I, I, you know, I go back into this and I had just a conversation with this um, the head of school. I said, where do we incorporate dreaming in our, in our training, in our education system? How do you wire dream in your house? Mm-hmm. What does dream look like? You know, where they see that dreams are not meant to be pipe dreams. Dreams are there for one purpose, and that's to contribute your gift to the world. Yeah. Amen. Your dreams are always connected mm-hmm. to our desires and our passion. Like, what do you dream about? The things that you love, right? Mm-hmm. So, so many women today and men make decisions 
of what they want to work in and is based on money, not based on a dream. Yeah. I said, yeah. Then you spend your life doing something you hate, hoping that your dream would come into fruition when you never worked on. Well, nobody ever trained them. Mm -hmm. I said, find your dream and then make the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Steve Jobs, do what you love to do. Yeah. And then the money, and then you can creatively think actually when your brain is stressed and you're in a mode of survival, it's in your amygdala is getting hijacked. Literally the hormones are pumping there. So you can't be both on survival and creation mode. So I have all these wonderful women who want to create something beautiful. They want to start a dream. I'm like, but you're stressed. Right. You actually can't neurologically create. Like yeah. from a very scientific level, you're getting hijacked, which means you're not working optimally, which means that you have to understand how your mind works and how your worth works to free yourself to be able to create something beautiful with your life. Yeah. Backwards from your dream. I mean, the robbery to me, Camille, is that nobody's teaching this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. You kind of have to, like I said, you have to kind of feel in the dark as I did. And this has been a, a I mean, how old am I? 33 year journey. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still going. Um, and now there have been people in place in my life who have definitely helped me along. But I mean, you're right. They're, why isn't this happening in the schools? Why isn't there, yeah, just more training in general to prepare people for this? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just. And that's what, you know. I, what I, what I, you know, the, the class that we really are, I'm excited about. I pulled all our training classes. I had to actually, I uh, I had all these different classes, you know, how to walk on a toxic relationship, how to transition to mother, how to put your baby to sleep in 12 yeah. hours, 12 weeks without crying. Like I had all these different online classes and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, and unless you understand your worth, everything else hinges on the foundation of being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's um, something that I invite women to really say, you know, go train. It's not, you know, get a little bit here like in order to really be an athlete you have to go at it every day yeah right? yeah and this is the olympics of our life and it's the only shot we have. yeah and i think yeah and i mean i've heard that so many times you just have to keep going you just have to keep going in my own experience i, I i've told you this but I am definitely one that like that it just thrives off of of ideas and creating these ideas and then jumping into those ideas and going like full force ahead <laughs> like nobody's stopping me now and that's great I love that about myself like I finally can say now um, that I really love that about myself I appreciate that because I know that that is inside of me for a reason yeah. Like, and I have to put it out there. It's almost like if I don't put it out there, like I suffer. Like I, like I you know what I mean? You feel restless. You don't feel happy. There's no, you know, don't feel the joy. But um, this is my thing for you. I want to ask you <laughs> what I'm running into here. So I will jump into something and I will go full force. I am not afraid to work. Like I put like uh, lists in place, schedule. Um, but then this tends to happen with me. I will then all of a sudden hit a wall and I kind of like stumble back and I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, wait, wait, wait. And it's almost like I'm overcome with that anxiety that I had so carefully worked to alleviate, you know, <laughs> and not believe in that fear anymore, but it still has a way of coming up. And I guess my question for you is how does one or me 
get excited about an idea, put it into place, whatever it may be. Like literally, it could be a chore list for your kids at home. It could be, I mean, anything that excites you. Like, but then when you're met with the overwhelming feeling of, oh, I don't need, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like maybe this is too much work. Like maybe I took on too much than I, more than I could chew. Like slow down, Camille. Like I think you're trying to dream too much here, essentially. Like what would you say to me you know, in that in that situation, I mean, I assume it's just needing to do my homework, so to speak, more through like <coughs> taking the steps or whatever. It's a great question. So our life is is steered by our mindset. It's a hundred billion neurons that really governs our fifty trillion cells. That's a scientific thing. So a lot of women is that you know we get excited, and depending sort of on sort of where you're coming from, or even your temperament, you get excited. But then really the battle is consistency in the mundane, okay? yeah. which is in itself a training because, you know, there's, if you understand the level of mastery, there's um, the path to mastery is that eventually you have to train yourself consistency into the mundane. So hmm. the things that I see is number one, accountability and mentorship, which is one of the reasons I believe the women are, we don't have accountability and mentorship. The truth is that we're not always going to be up. You know, we don't only work when we're up or down. True. So accountability yep. is really so massive. That's just why we're seeing a lot of masterminds kind of come alive right now because we understand that accountability is the key ingredient towards consistency. Um, the second mm -hmm. thing that we have to understand our mindset and continually um, pour in the good stuff. Because a lot of times we might break three, level three, but then in order to get to level three to level four, you have to continually give yourself new mindset tools. And they're really mindset tools, you know, where um, that's why in the training class that I give, I give a lot of neuroscience because when you're stuck, you understand what's happening in your brain and you can kind of see past it because you mm -hmm. understand. So what I would say to you is really mm -hmm. accountability. Mm -hmm strategic about really giving yourself new tools because it doesn't even and I see this all the time with women I call it the shiny penny syndrome in our training and it's exciting and it's great and it gets started but you know this the, the some women are stuck with inaction some women are stuck with like the first three step and it's exciting and then taking it home was the harder part mm -hmm. which means that they need that further accountability but they really need to be able to expand their mindset in order to take it home the bigger mm -hmm. your image, the bigger your mind needs to be yeah and so um, you have to be able to um, wire new ideas. Every single time we actually new wire new ideas, we change our mind. We actually physically change our brain. Mm -hmm. So um, get yourself new tools and get yourself yeah. uh, accountability. And it goes all the way back to mindset. It really does because consistency is a mindset thing, you know? Yeah. It, and and being able to understand what's happening in our brain when it becomes mundane and seeing to really press through it. And I always also tell women, I said, get yourself a role model because yeah. um, Roger Bannister, who ran the four minute mile when the world thought it was impossible, doctors, psychologists said, there's no way you can physically run a four minute mile. Okay. Uh, because your body cannot breathe that fat or whatever, all these genetic limitations. Mm -hmm. Get it, and since then, 
20,000 people have been able to run the four minute mile, which the world thought nobody. Wow. That's so interesting. And so that's what role modeling does is that, you know, every successful, every saint, every person that has been able to cross the bridge into a life of success and internal freedom has had to go through the mundane training. Yes. And Hmm. it looks a lot like consistency. It looks a lot like what's not exciting anymore mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to uh you know for me i'm like oh it's a lot easier to just read another blog and do something that's not exciting as opposed to just buckling down and writing something or doing things that i always love but yeah it is a defining factor of those that actually have a life of freedom and life that don't yeah yeah that that is good that yeah the consistency is definitely <laughs> definitely a good point and a good key and it can be hard to get to that place and like you said you have to train your mind to just continue to go um and that's just something that i'm continually you know trying to work on yeah i I even run already through this podcast i've already run into like the fear of what am i getting into even though i know that my heart was in it from the very beginning um but i think with anything you still have to push yourself you know, to the next step to be consistent. And that I think is one reason why I'm here doing this podcast. It's, it's, it's for all of you listening. Like that's really on my heart to really serve all of you. But then also, I also am very aware of the fact that this is also for me. Like I I'm taking this on because I want to develop, you know, to an even better place, place where I know that I can go, but I have yet to be able to prove that to myself. And, um, and I know that there's lots of people listening who can understand that, um, can just feel stuck or like you're not capable. There's just too much going on in the house or whatever. And like you said, consistency though, consistency, keep the consistency. And I'm telling myself this now (laughs) and just see, I guess what happens from there. Yeah. Here's normal. You have to give yourself some credit honor your journey because you know, especially for women that are hearing, they're probably in the same fear. And I think that's, fear is there to keep us alive. It actually is yeah. a safe mechanism in our amygdala. Prolonged fear is damaging. Mm. So we either get ourselves tools to walk ourselves our own fear, or we stay in that fear-based mode, but we rewire ourselves a yeah. life of caged and fear. And so I think that you have to honor your journey because you're doing it in spite of the fear. You yeah. Know? And, um, and at the same time, you know, you're blessing other women right now that are <laughs> steeped into fear yeah. uh, because they've never had the tools also to get out of it. So uh, mm. I'd encourage you is to really um, grab the bull by the horn. Yeah. And, Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that, Camille, for so many of us, we need women's voice in the world to mm-hmm. remember their worth yeah and not only that but i'm sorry go ahead no no no. but because we're stuck in our own fears instead of you broadcasting and doing what you need to do you're kind of in this battle of fear and now the people that are going to receive your light can't because you're battling in fear yeah so i tell women you know fear is just part of the journey give yourself yeah. tools and you'll overcome the fear and you don't focus on the fear you focus on the contribution that's true yeah yeah that's a great way to think of it yeah and you just do it and and it's you know it's the imperfect action between as opposed to the perfect right 
in action, you know, and so right. you just, and you just keep it. But I tell women, I said, get the right strategy. If you study all the greats in the world, when they needed to learn something, they just found the person who did it the best and they modeled after. Get yeah. your I cannot emphasize. If you truly want to live a life of freedom, get yourself the training you need to live a life of freedom. And, yeah. you know, sometimes there's this idea that women are not supposed to be happy and free and content and life is supposed to be hard and this is part of motherhood and this is part of marriage. I will say that that has been a damaging neurological wiring in our culture. When I say that, I mean that we almost expect it and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah you're supposed to get married and it's supposed to be hard. I said, well, it's hard when you don't have the right tools, tools to communicate effectively, tools mm -hmm. to hold your man accountable, tools to get yourself organized. All of these tools, it's anything is hard without tools. Yeah. So what I tell women is that I'm going to invite you to question even your, not you, but women's belief. Yeah. Who they are and what relationships are and what marriage is supposed to be. Because I truly believe that relationships and marriage and our family is supposed to bring more peace not rub yes and that yes. there has to be freedom in context of marriage in context of family life mm -hmm. and if it isn't it's because we just don't have the right tools and i think that we owe it to ourselves to work on the tools we need to have that beautiful marriage have that beautiful relationship because life isn't fulfilling otherwise true and I don't buy it. I tell women, I'm like, you know, mother's supposed to be hard. I said, no, that's been wired in your brain. Yeah, no, that's, that is such an interesting point. Yes, I love that you're saying that. I love that you're saying that. Well, yeah. but, but I want women to taste an incredible marriage. Yes. To taste what it's like to be so amazingly happy and be married and have a family life that's not chaotic. That's yeah. peaceful. That's dreaming. That's expanding. And... I don't believe, I don't want my kids to say, hey, by the way, be a mother. As I was just a training, doing a training with a woman. It's like, I, I actually was so afraid to be a mom because anxiety was so seeped in my home that I felt so anxious that I never want to be a mom again. I said, so that's what we're advertising to our children if we don't give ourselves the right tools. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is the message. It's all like, oh, well, I, I can't have another kid and, and because it's just too much or I can't be a mom. That's too much. It's just too much where in my experience, I had those anxious feelings. And especially after having our first, I was petrified, petrified to have another okay. child because I didn't have the tools. Like I had to give those tools to myself and teach myself, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like the message should not actually be, <laughs> oh, well, your life is over now that you're married and you have kids. Sorry. Like, no, it should be more of like a expansion. I'm going to rock on with this. Like I am t like, this is amazing. This is joyful because, but here I think is the key because you're choosing that that's what it's going to be. And I think so often me, myself, you listen to the messages on the outside, the negative ones about, you know, having kids and whatnot and how hard motherhood is. But the truth is, is that that's a, that's actually a, a choice. Like and some, something you tell yourself. It's also an excuse women have used to not train their ability to make a decision, their ability mm. to their ability to 
be orderly, we make it an excuse, but because everyone else is kind of doing that, and then it becomes almost permission to live yeah. a less version of ourself, which then leads to unfulfillment and then more anxiety, and it becomes a vicious cycle yeah. of wiring and rewiring anxiety and self-worth and chaos. And, you know, so I, I just, you know, I, I think my message for so many women is bold in a way where I say I don't buy it. Mm. And, and I'm, I, I think I, I, you know, I have sort of set myself in a way where I said, I want to be able to dare greatly and show women that motherhood with seven kids is peaceful and not chaotic and that I am mm-hmm. doing a business and that I am more in love now than ever have been. More importantly, he's more in love with me. Yeah. Than yeah. We started getting married and, but you know, women always say, oh, January, you seem like have it together. You're so lucky. And all these things. I said, no, it's work. Yeah. Not work. It's work. I, well, if I'm not pregnant, I get up at four in the morning. I have 18 hour days. I work when my children are in school and I, um, I train when they're not. And I, I don't have it all figured out, but I am working every day to give yeah. my the right tools and so when you give yourself the right tools you have a different result you give yourself freedom and peace of mind and yeah life is beautiful and we only have one life to live and so you know we, we don't have a lot of time to waste so really uh, as we're kind of rounding out this episode yeah that's beautiful i i came across a quote that you had put up on Facebook. i saw this one and i just thought wow afterwards it really spoke to me um and i wanted to read it to the listeners but um this is what it says I want to share to the world that motherhood should never be the death of dreams, rather the expansion. It requires work, grit, collaboration, and persistence, but we owe it to our children to live the dreams that God so delicately put in our hearts. We need all women to stand. I love this. I love this because, again, like going back to what we were saying, like so many women can just become overwhelmed and say, They don't have time for their dreams, but you know, you you do. I want to tell you that you do. And January here is telling you also that you do. But like it says, it takes work and grit. Persistence. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But it's hard. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, that's itself, you know, like how to work. work. Yeah. It is a training. It's actually comes from our mindset. Yeah training that's why athletes are trained for grit you know mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. so i i want to be able to invite women to start dreaming again and yeah. and i i believe that we owe it to the next generation to give birth to the dreams that god so delicately placed in our heart yeah for the sake of becoming the the light, but also for the sake of our own freedom and fulfillment. Yeah. We'll never be free and completely fulfilled and at peace unless we're living the dream we were born to give birth to. Yeah, which is amazing. That really, really hits me hard. And I love that. I love that. And at first, like getting in touch with who you are as the basis, like the platform for developing that dream. Because I think for me, it was like, how how can I give like anything if I haven't yet given to myself first? Um, and that's what I've been learning over the years. Um, 
uh, like you just you can't you can't give mama you can't give anyone listening if you have not given to yourself first so give to yourself first um don't give yourself first you know because yeah right all the time and i always tell women i said receptivity is a skill because you can't give anything out of depletion and most women i think have self um have uh, confusion about this idea of self-care yeah there's yeah. almost self-denial or self-indulgence as opposed to which you which by the way sorry you see a lot on like for instance social media yeah uh, i think that plays a lot into that it it can spread the wrong message about what you should be giving yourself and actually it's anxiety provoking yeah i, I definitely yeah. think it, it it already has that's yes. what thinking is that you need to understand what makes you thrive and grow as a woman. I'm like, you know, shock therapy is the first layer that makes you feel good, but that only takes you to a level. Right. Fulfillment. You know what? I, you, yeah. You I think, I think if you like to shop, if, I mean, that's, I, I love fashion and style and stuff like that, but I feel like that kind of thing I've just learned. You can't just have that alone. It has to be, if you like to shop, you get that thing that really uplifts you and then is able to propel you. It's just like a tool. It's like, it's, it can be a tool to then push you forward to your main, the, the thing that mainly makes you experience joy in this life. Well, I will say that it's fun. Like I love to me, that's actually my, I call it my one, two, three exit plan. I teach women the tool. What a lot, a lot of the things we do is real training and templates. And so your first layer of you trying to get out of yourself in a rut is do the things that you love to do, whether it's shopping, whether it's so, but give yourself a deadline. Ah, It's not, you know, and, and you understand it's only the first layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Players who really need to figure out what's costing you, what's happening here, kind of go deeper, but really where we heal from all this frustration is growth mm. is growth which means that you have to wire new ideas and new brain cells and new tools because that's really what's going to give us the ammo to give back yeah um yeah. so that's really um important is that you know you because i do i love fashion we can talk about that for a few minutes but yeah i, yeah. I, I actually use it very um intentionally um but you know it can't stop there you know it has to be we have to go deep training and study and i will tell you camille what happens when we're growing and there's only three ways to change your mind is that you learn something new repetition and novelty Mm. so by doing that and wiring that as part of our daily norm we literally produce dopamine in our brain Mm it actually signals and changes our DNA and our hormones. It changes our biochemistry. That's mm. how it is. The opposite is also true with cortisol, which is stress. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, you know, get like, I tell women, I said, you have to be reading every day. You have to be reading something that helps you develop. Yeah. Not information but formation tools this is why personal development is so powerful so anyway no no i love that i mean january has so much to say and i'm actually gonna um share more on social media and everything so definitely be on the lookout for that um but yeah i mean everything you have to say i could talk to you for hours january hours i I do want to touch on i just want to do something fun maybe at the end of every 
Yay. All right. Let's do it. Every episode. Cause I, I do have like a style background with having blogged and all that stuff, but, um, just have like a little totally casual style moment. But, um, the one thing I remember, I mean, still see in you now or on you now is a very like bright and cheerful style. And you've kind of remained consistent with that over the years. And I really want to know, like, is there a story behind that? Is that like very intentional for you? Or did you just kind of just always appreciate you know, the bold colors and the florals. And I mean, I even see it in your house too. <laughs> uh, I, I think fashion is a force. I think beauty is the vehicle for transformation. Mm. So I care seriously. I've um, really made it a mission to uh, be very intentional about fashion, mm. whether it's my home or, or my you know my outfit and um so that's the first thing the second thing it's also being i use it as a language to speak to my children and what i mean by that is i know that relevance is going to be a tool that's going to get me to talk to them about things that they might think i don't understand but i do oh i see so smarty i tell my i tell my you know i tell i said i have to keep fashion relevant because when they're talking to me about things that are dicey such as drinking and you know sex and all that I want they can see that I get it yeah yeah because they're looking at the fashion so I use it I use fashion very strategically Hmm. um as as actually a bridge so much more deeper than what you see so it's really something that uh I am very intentional about Um, I train a lot of young women and if they, they don't see that I get get it fashionably, they're not going to listen to what I'm saying. True. The way you present so, yourself is very powerful. Not not only for the person that you are presenting things to, but also to yourself as well. Correct. And That's so, what I found. Yeah. And so um, I think for me, uh, it's an obligation and it's a bridge. So those are two things. I love um, being able to use fashion creatively. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's... I don't, I don't spend a lot of money on fashion. Yeah. I don't. Um, so it's being creative. I know my body really well. I can probably pick out an outfit in five minutes. So like, what do you, what would you reach for on a Monday morning? Like you'd wear I, a dress. I just wear a dress every day because, uh, it's, it's amazing for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an easy way for me to feel great. I go through seasons where, you know, almost like every six months, I just want to revamp. I have my old, not old, I would say my classic things that are sort of my timeless. And then I just put in a few pieces that are um, new and it makes you feel good mm-hmm. about having something that's new and it actually rewires your brain, but also something mm-hmm. exciting. And um, at the same time, um, I love the idea of being able to be creative about uh, showing up. So I... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I, it is, I, I love it. Uh, I would say, you know, you asked a question about what do you think about when you think about fashion? I think of comfort and impact. That's really what I do. Hmm. Uh, when I buy clothes, I like things that are soft, that are comfortable, but I want to make sure it's impactful. Um, yeah. The way I, I think of personally. It is powerful. Fashion style can be powerful. Like I said, in the way that you think of yourself, the way that others think of you. and the, I mean, just, just the way you're perceived. And I think, yeah, just putting it out there. I love that. I like to be creative with my outfits as well. And I also notice a, a mental shift when I switch from like leggings or yoga pants, which I do wear often 
to an actual put together outfit that I that is fun to wear. But yeah. um, no, I, I love that. I, I like talking about style and how it can impact a day too. Not just fashion for fashion, but actually what it does for a person. I wanted to thank you for coming on January. I so appreciated talking about all of this. And um, I wanted to ask you if maybe you had like a something that you would say just as a closing thought, if you had any one last little bit of thing to impart on everybody. Yeah. Um, I have a lot, but I think <laughs> yeah. number one is get a mentor. Okay. Get a mentor because what will take you, and this has happened to me, um, one year would be 10 years if you had no guide. Mm. Every great athlete got a mentor. Right. Invest in a mentor. Number two, really start working on your dreams. And number three, give yourself the training you need to give birth to that dream. Life is going to be so much more beautiful than you ever imagined. Yes, you can have it all. Wow. That's amazing. And on that note, we're going to end this episode. But thank you all for listening. If you want to be able to find January Donovan um, on social media, you can find her on Instagram at January Donovan. And you can also find her on Facebook, January Donovan. She has a lot to share with you, including an amazing self-worth class. It is amazing. She has worked really hard on this. I actually did the first lesson and let me tell you, it was mind blowing. It was awesome. So if you're interested in what she's doing and what she's about, I definitely encourage you to visit her um, on social media, send her a message, comment, whatever, ask her questions, and she can even tell you about the course that she has created. And it is pretty darn fantastic. So thanks, y'all. Thank you for listening to this. And as per usual, you can also find me on Facebook, Totally Casual Motherhood, and on Instagram, at Totally Casual Motherhood. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.